Section 27 of What is Property? This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by K. Hand. What is Property? An Inquiry into the Principle of Right and of Government by Pierre Joseph Proudhon. Translated by Benjamin R. Tucker. Second Memoir, Part 5. The French Revolution may be defined as the substitution of real right for personal right. That is to say, in the days of feudalism, the value of property depended upon the standing of the proprietor, while, after the revolution, the regard for the man was proportional to his property. Now, we have seen from what has been said in the preceding pages that this recognition of the right of laborers had been the constant aim of the serfs and communes, the secret motive of their efforts the movement of eighty nine was only the last stage of that long insurrection but it seems to me that we have not paid sufficient attention to the fact that the revolution of seventeen eighty nine instigated by the same causes animated by the same spirit triumphing by the same struggles was consummated in italy four centuries ago italy was the first to sound the signal of war against feudalism france has followed spain and england are beginning to move the rest still asleep if a grand example should be given to the world the day of trial would be much abridged note the following summary of the revolutions of property from the days of the roman empire down to the present time one fifth century barbarian invasions division of the lands of the empire into independent portions or freeholds two from the fifth to the eighth century gradual concentration of freeholds or transformation of the small freeholds into fiefs feuds tenures etc large properties small possessions charlemagne 771 to 814 decrees that all freeholds are dependent upon the king of france three from the eighth to the tenth century the relation between the crown and the superior dependents is broken the latter becoming freeholders while the smaller dependents cease to recognize the king and adhere to the nearest suzerain feudal system four twelfth century movement of the serfs toward liberty emancipation of the communes five thirteenth century abolition of personal right and of the feudal system in italy italian republics six seventeenth century abolition of feudalism in france during richelieu's ministry despotism seven seventeen eighty nine abolition of all privileges of birth caste provinces and corporations equality of persons and of rights french democracy eight eighteen thirty the principle of concentration inherent in individual property is remarked development of the idea of association the more we reflect upon this series of transformations and changes the more clearly we see that they were necessary in their principle in their manifestations and in their result it was necessary that inexperienced conquerors eager for liberty should divide the roman empire into a multitude of estates as free and independent as themselves it was necessary that these men who liked war even better than liberty should submit to their leaders and as the freehold represented the man that property should violate property 
it was necessary that under the rule of a nobility always idle when not fighting there should grow up a body of laborers who by the power of production and by the division and circulation of wealth would gradually gain control over commerce industry and a portion of the land and who having become rich would aspire to power and authority also it was necessary finally that liberty and equality of rights having been achieved and individual property still existing attended by robbery poverty social inequality and oppression there should be an inquiry into the cause of this evil and an idea of universal association formed whereby on condition of labor all interests should be protected and consolidated evil when carried too far says a learned jurist cures itself and the political innovation which aims to increase the power of the state finally succumbs to the effects of its own work the germans to secure their independence chose chiefs and soon they were oppressed by their kings and noblemen the monarchs surrounded themselves with volunteers in order to control the freemen and they found themselves dependent upon their proud vassals the missi dominici were sent into the provinces to maintain the power of the emperors and to protect the people from the oppressions of the noblemen and not only did they usurp the imperial power to a great extent but they dealt more severely with the inhabitants the freemen became vassals in order to get rid of military service and court duty and they were immediately involved in all the personal quarrels of their seigneurs and compelled to do jury duty in their courts the kings protected the cities and the communes in the hope of freeing them from the yoke of the grand vassals and of rendering their own power more absolute and those same communes have in several european countries procured the establishment of a constitutional power are now holding royalty in check and are giving rise to a universal desire for political reform meyer judicial institutions of europe in recapitulation what was feudalism a confederation of the grand seigneurs against the villains and against the king footnote feudalism was in spirit and in its providential destiny a long protest of the human personality against the monkish communism with which europe in the middle ages was overrun after the orgies of pagan selfishness society carried to the opposite extreme by the christian religion risked its life by unlimited self-denial and absolute indifference to the pleasures of the world feudalism was the balance weight which saved europe from the combined influence of the religious communities and the manichaean sects which had sprung up since the fourth century under different names and in different countries modern civilization is indebted to feudalism for the definitive establishment of the person of marriage of the family and of country see on this subject guizot history of civilization in europe and a footnote what is constitutional government a confederation of the bourgeoisie against the laborers and against the king footnote this was made evident in july eighteen thirty and the years which followed it when the electoral bourgeoisie effected a revolution in order to get control over the king and suppress the emeute in order to restrain the people the bourgeoisie through the jury the magistracy its position in the army 
and its municipal despotism governs both royalty and the people it is the bourgeoisie which more than any other class is conservative and retrogressive it is the bourgeoisie which makes and unmakes ministries it is the bourgeoisie which has destroyed the influence of the upper chamber and which will dethrone the king whenever he shall become unsatisfactory to it it is to please the bourgeoisie that royalty makes itself unpopular it is the bourgeoisie which is troubled at the hopes of the people and which hinders reform the journals of the bourgeoisie are the ones which preach morality and religion to us while reserving skepticism and indifference for themselves which attack personal government and favor the denial of the electoral privilege to those who have no property the bourgeoisie will accept anything rather than the emancipation of the proletariat as soon as it thinks its privileges threatened it will unite with royalty and who does not know that at this very moment these two antagonists have suspended their quarrels it has been a question of property and a footnote how did feudalism end in the union of the communes and the royal authority how will the bourgeoisie aristocracy end in the union of the proletariat and the sovereign power what was the immediate result of the struggle of the communes and the king against the seigneurs the monarchical unity of louis the fourteenth what will be the result of the struggle of the proletariat and the sovereign power combined against the bourgeoisie the absolute unity of the nation and the government it remains to be seen whether the nation one and supreme will be represented in its executive and central power by one by five by one hundred or one thousand that is it remains to be seen whether the royalty of the barricades intends to maintain itself by the people or without the people and whether louis philippe wishes his reign to be the most famous in all history i have made this statement as brief but at the same time as accurate as i could neglecting facts and details that i might give the more attention to the economical relations of society for the study of history is like the study of the human organism just as the latter has its system its organs and its functions which can be treated separately so the former has its ensemble its instruments and its causes of course i do not pretend that the principle of property is a complete resume of all social forces but as in that wonderful machine which we call our body the harmony of the whole allows us to draw a general conclusion from the consideration of a single function or organ so in discussing historical causes i have been able to reason with absolute accuracy from a single order of facts certain as i was of the perfect correlation which exists between this special order and universal history as is the property of a nation so is its family its marriage its religion its civil and military organization and its legislative and judicial institutions history viewed from this standpoint is a grand and sublime psychological study well sir in writing against property have i done more than quote the language of history i have said to modern society the daughter and heiress of all preceding societies age quod agis complete the task for which six thousand years you have been executing under the inspiration and by the command of god hasten to finish your journey turn neither to the right nor to the left but follow the road which lies before you you seek reason law unity and discipline but hereafter you can find them only by stripping off the veils of your infancy and ceasing to follow instinct as a guide awaken your sleeping conscience open your eyes to the pure light of reflection and science behold the phantom which troubled your dreams and so long kept you in a state of unutterable anguish know thyself o long deluded society know thy enemy and i have denounced property 
we often hear the defenders of the right of domain quote in deference of their views the testimony of nations and ages we can judge from what has just been said how far this historical argument conforms to the real facts and the conclusion of science to complete this apology i must examine the various theories neither politics nor legislation nor history can be explained and understood without a positive theory which defines their elements and discovers their laws in short without a philosophy now the two principal schools which to this day divide the attention of the world do not satisfy this condition the first essentially practical in its character confined to a statement of facts and buried in learning cares very little by what laws humanity develops itself to it these laws are the secret of the almighty which no one can fathom without a commission from on high in applying the facts of history to government this school does not reason it does not anticipate it makes no comparison of the past with the present in order to predict the future in its opinion the lessons of experience teach us only to repeat old errors and its whole philosophy consists in perpetually retracing the tracks of antiquity instead of going straight ahead forever in the direction in which they point the second school may be called either fatalistic or pantheistic to it the movements of empires and the revolutions of humanity are the manifestations the incarnations of the almighty the human race identified with the divine essence wheels in a circle of appearances informations and destructions which necessarily excludes the idea of absolute truth and destroys providence and liberty corresponding to these two schools of history there are two schools of jurisprudence similarly opposed and possessed of the same peculiarities one the practical and conventional school to which the law is always a creation of the legislator an expression of his will a privilege which he condescends to grant in short a gratuitous affirmation to be regarded as judicious and legitimate no matter what it declares two the fatalistic and pantheistic school sometimes called the historical school which opposes the despotism of the first and maintains that law like literature and religion is always the expression of society its manifestation its form the external realization of its mobile spirit and its ever-changing inspirations each of these schools denying the absolute rejects thereby all positive and a priori philosophy now it is evident that the theories of these two schools whatever view we take of them are utterly unsatisfactory for opposed they form no dilemma that is if one is false it does not follow that the other is true and united they do not constitute the truth since they disregard the absolute without which there is no truth they are respectively a thesis and an antithesis there remains to be found then a synthesis which predicating the absolute justifies the will of the legislator explains the variations of the law annihilates the theory of the circular movement of humanity and demonstrates its progress the legists by the very nature of their studies and in spite of their obstinate prejudices have been led irresistibly to suspect that the absolute in the science of law is not as chimerical as is commonly supposed and this suspicion arose from their comparison of the various relations which legislators have been called upon to regulate monsieur laboulet the laureate of the institute begins his history of property with these words while the law of contract which regulates only the mutual interests of men has not varied for centuries except in certain forms which relate more to the proof than to the character of the obligation the civil law of property which regulates the mutual relations of citizens has undergone several radical changes and has kept pace in its variations with all the vicissitudes of society 
the law of contract which holds essentially to those principles of eternal justice which are engraven upon the depths of the human heart is the immutable element of jurisprudence and in a certain sense its philosophy property on the contrary is the variable element of jurisprudence its history its policy marvelous there is in law and consequently in politics something variable and something invariable the invariable element is obligation the bond of justice duty the variable element is property that is the external form of law the subject matter of the contract whence it follows that the law can modify change reform and judge property reconcile that if you can with the ideal of an eternal absolute permanent and indefectible right however monsieur laboulay is in perfect accord with himself when he adds possession of the soil rests solely upon force until society takes it in hand and espouses the cause of the possessor footnote the same opinion was recently expressed from the tribune by one of our most honorable deputies monsieur gogier nature said he has not endowed man with landed property changing the adjective landed which designates only a species into capitalistic which denotes the genus monsieur gogier made an egalitaire profession of faith and a footnote and a little further the right of property is not natural but social laws not only protect property they give it birth etc now that which the law has made the law can unmake especially since according to monsieur laboulay an avowed partisan of the historical or pantheistic school the law is not absolute is not an idea but a form but why is it that property is variable and unlike obligation incapable of definition and settlement before affirming somewhat boldly without doubt that in right there are no absolute principles the most dangerous most immoral most tyrannical in a word most antisocial assertion imaginable it was proper that the right of property should be subjected to a thorough examination in order to put in evidence its variable arbitrary and contingent elements and those which are eternal legitimate and absolute then this operation performed it became easy to account for the laws and to correct all the codes now this examination of property i claim to have made and in the fullest detail but either from the public's lack of interest in an unrecommended and unattractive pamphlet or which is more probable from the weakness of exposition and want of genius which characterized the work the first memoir on property passed unnoticed scarcely would a few communists having turned its leaves deign to brand it with their disapprobation you alone sir in spite of the disfavor which i showed for your economical predecessors and to severe a criticism of them you alone have judged me justly and although i cannot accept at least literally your first judgment yet it is to you alone that i appeal from a decision too equivocal to be regarded as final it not being my intention to enter at present into a discussion of principles i shall content myself with estimating from the point of view of this simple and intelligible absolute the theories of property which our generation has produced the most exact idea of property is given to us by the roman law faithfully followed in this particular by the ancient legists it is the absolute exclusive autocratic domain of a man over a thing a domain which begins by use a caption is maintained by possession and finally by the aid of prescription finds its sanction in the civil law a domain which so identifies the man with the thing that the proprietor can say he who uses my field virtually compels me to labor for him therefore he owes me compensation i pass in silence the secondary modes by which property can be acquired tradition sale exchange inheritance etc 
which have nothing in common with the origin of property accordingly pothier said the domain of property and not simply property and the most learned writers on jurisprudence in imitation of the roman praetor who recognized a right of property and a right of possession have carefully distinguished between the domain and the right of usufruct use and habitation which reduced to its natural limits is the very expression of justice which is in my opinion to supplant dominal property and finally form the basis of all jurisprudence but sir admire the clumsiness of systems or rather the fatality of logic while the roman law and all the savants inspired by it teach that property in its origin is the right of first occupancy sanctioned by law the modern legists dissatisfied with this brutal definition claim that property is based upon labor immediately they infer that he who no longer labors but makes another labor in his stead loses his right to the earnings of the latter it is by virtue of this principle that the serfs of the middle ages claimed a legal right to property and consequently to the enjoyment of political rights that the clergy were despoiled in eighty nine of their immense estates and were granted a pension in exchange that at the restoration the liberal deputies opposed the indemnity of one billion francs the nation said they has acquired by twenty-five years of labor and possession the property which the emigrants forfeited by abandonment and long idleness why should the nobles be treated with more favor than the priests footnote a professor of comparative legislation monsieur lerminier has gone still farther he has dared to say that the nation took from the clergy all of their possession not because of idleness but because of unworthiness you have civilized the world cries this apostle of equality speaking to the priests and for that reason your possessions were given you in your hands they were at once an instrument and a reward but you do not now deserve them for you long since ceased to civilize anything whatever End of footnote. this position is quite in harmony with my principles and i heartily applaud the indignation of monsieur lerminier but i do not know that a proprietor was ever deprived of his property because unworthy and as reasonable social and even useful as the thing may seem it is quite contrary to the uses and customs of property all usurpations not born of war have been caused and supported by labor all modern history proves this from the end of the roman empire down to the present day and as if to give a sort of legal sanction to these usurpations the doctrine of labor subversive of property is professed at great length in the roman law under the name of prescription the man who cultivates it has been said makes the land his own consequently no more property this was clearly seen by the old jurists who have not failed to denounce this novelty while on the other hand the young school hoots at the absurdity of the first occupant theory others have presented themselves pretending to reconcile the two opinions by uniting them they have failed like all the juste milieu of the world and are laughed at for their eclecticism at present the alarm is in the camp of the old doctrine from all sides pour in defenses of property studies regarding property theories of property each one of which given the lie to the rest inflicts a fresh wound upon property consider indeed the inextricable embarrassments the contradictions the absurdities the incredible nonsense in which the bold defenders of property so lightly involve themselves i choose the eclectics because those killed the others cannot survive monsieur trapelong jurist passes for a philosopher in the eyes of the editors of ledroit i tell the gentlemen of ledroit that in the judgment of philosophers monsieur trapelong is only an advocate and i prove my assertion 
monsieur trapelon is a defender of progress the words of the code says he are fruitful sap with which the classic works of the eighteenth century overflow to wish to suppress them is to violate the law of progress and to forget that a science which moves is a science which grows footnote treatise on prescription and a footnote now the only mutable and progressive portion of law as we have already seen is that which concerns property if then you ask what reforms are to be introduced into the right of property monsieur trapelong makes no reply what progress is to be hoped for no reply what is to be the destiny of property in case of universal association no reply what is the absolute and what the contingent and what the true and what the false in property no reply monsieur trapelong favors quiescence and instata quo in regard to property what could be more unphilosophical in a progressive philosopher nevertheless monsieur trapelong has thought about these things there are he says many weak points and antiquated ideas in the doctrine of modern authors concerning property witness the works of messieurs tuyer and duraton the doctrine of monsieur trapelong promises then strong points advanced and progressive ideas let us see let us examine man placed in the presence of matter is conscious of a power over it which has been given to him to satisfy the needs of his being king of inanimate or unintelligent nature he feels that he has a right to modify it govern it and fit it for his use there it is the subject of property which is legitimate only when exercised over things never when over persons monsieur trapelong is so little of a philosopher that he does not even know the import of the philosophical terms which he makes a show of using he says of matter that it is the subject of property he should have said the object monsieur trapelong uses the language of the anatomists who apply the term subject to the human matter used in their experiments this error of our author is repeated further on liberty which overcomes matter the subject of property etc the subject of property is man its object is matter but even this is but a slight mortification directly we shall have some crucifixions thus according to the passage just quoted it is in the conscience of personality of man that the principle of property must be sought is there anything new in this doctrine apparently it never has occurred to those who since the days of cicero and aristotle and earlier have maintained that things belong to the first occupant that occupation may be exercised by beings devoid of conscience and personality the human personality though it may be the principle or the subject of property as matter is the object is not the condition now it is this condition which we most need to know so far monsieur trapelong tells us no more than his masters and the figures with which he adorns his style add nothing to the old idea property then implies three terms the subject the object and the condition there is no difficulty in regard to the first two terms as to the third the condition of property down to this day for the greek as for the barbarian has been that of first occupancy what now would you have it progressive doctor when man lays hands for the first time upon an object without a master he performs an act which among individuals is of the greatest importance the thing thus seized and occupied participates so to speak in the personality of him who holds it it becomes sacred like himself it is impossible to take it without doing violence to his liberty or to remove it without rashly invading his person diogenes did but express this truth of intuition when he said stand out of my light very good 
but would the prince of cynics the very personal and very haughty diogenes have had the right to charge another cynic as rent for this same place in the sunshine a bone for twenty-four hours of possession it is that which constitutes the proprietor it is that which you fail to justify in reasoning from the human personality and individuality to the right of property you unconsciously construct a syllogism in which the conclusion includes more than the premises contrary to the rules laid down by aristotle the individuality of the human person proves individual possession originally called proprietas in opposition to collective possession communio it gives birth to the distinction between thine and mine true signs of equality not by any means of subordination from equivocation to equivocation says monsieur michelet footnote origin of french law end of footnote property would crawl to the end of the world man could not limit it were not he himself its limit where they clash there will be its frontier in short individuality of being destroys the hypothesis of communism but it does not for that reason give birth to domain that domain by virtue of which the holder of a thing exercises over the person who takes his place a right of prestation and suzerainty that has always been identified with property itself further that he whose legitimately acquired possession injures nobody cannot be non-suited without flagrant injustice is a truth not of intuition as monsieur tropelong says but of inward sensation footnote to honor one's parents to be grateful to one's benefactors to neither kill nor steal truths of inward sensation to obey god rather than men to render to each that which is his the whole is greater than a part a straight line is the shortest road from one point to another truths of intuition all are a priori but the first are felt by the conscience and imply only a simple act of the soul the second are perceived by the reason and imply comparison and relation in short the former are sentiments the latter are ideas End of footnote which has nothing to do with property monsieur tropelong admits then occupancy as a condition of property in that he is in accord with the roman law in accord with messieurs tullier and duraton but in his opinion this condition is not the only one and it is in this particular that his doctrine goes beyond theirs but however exclusive the right arising from sole occupancy does it not become still more so when man has molded matter by his labor when he has deposited in it a portion of himself recreating it by his industry and setting upon it the seal of his intelligence and activity of all conquests that is the most legitimate for it is the price of labor he who should deprive a man of the thing thus remodeled thus humanized would invade the man himself and would inflict the deepest wounds upon his liberty i pass over the very beautiful explanations in which monsieur tropelong discussing labor and industries displays the whole wealth of his eloquence monsieur tropelong is not only a philosopher he is an orator and artist he abounds with appeals to the conscience and the passions i may make sad work of his rhetoric should i undertake to dissect it but i confine myself for the present to his philosophy if monsieur tropelong had only known how to think and reflect before abandoning the original fact of occupancy and plunging into the theory of labor he would have asked himself what is it to occupy and he would have discovered that occupancy is only a generic term by which all modes of possession are expressed seizure station eminence habitation cultivation use consumption etc that labor consequently is but one of a thousand forms of occupancy 
he would have understood finally that the right of possession which is born of labor is governed by the same general laws as that which results from this simple seizure of things what kind of a legist is he who declaims when he ought to reason who continually mistakes his metaphors for legal axioms and who does not so much as know how to obtain a universal by induction and form a category if labor is identical with occupancy the only benefit which it secures to the laborer is the right of individual possession of the object of his labor if it differs from occupancy it gives birth to a right equal only to itself that is a right which begins continues and ends with the labor of the occupant it is for this reason in the words of the law that one cannot acquire a just title to a thing by labor alone he must also hold it for a year and a day in order to be regarded as its possessor and possess it twenty or thirty years in order to become its proprietor these preliminaries established monsieur trapelong's whole structure falls of its own weight and the inferences which he attempts to draw vanish End of section twenty seven second memoir part five